0: We ask that you give us insight into your word and insight into your kingdom. May our lives be forever changed because of our time together. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right.
1: Uh,
0: anyway, I'm scared to ask, but are there any questions? I- I'm actually excited about your questions. Your questions have propelled me. Into the things. What you got? I
2: have a
0: question, but I guess it's a big question. Yep. Um Do you have any recommendations where so we can learn more about
1: this? Yes. Okay. I'll give that to you. Thank you. <coughs> One, unfortunately, will be
0: my book. That's fine I want to pre-order I'm going go to go into the <coughs> into this. Um, Josiah, my son, is working on. A bachelor's and a master's degree right now, and uh, in theology with one of my old classmates. And uh, he said, Dad, you've got to write the book because every time I write a paper, I'm quoting you, but I'm quoting you from either a lecture that you've made or a sermon that you've preached or a conversation I've had, and it's hard to make a bibliography.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. So he's been the real key. To me catching the vision of this is the first
2: thing I need to do. Yeah, and like speaking towards the future, that I hope we have more time with you, but like we need something to reference because we can't just call you. Yeah, that's Once right. you go to glory. Yeah. That makes me so emotional. Yeah, so, so you gotta leave. Yeah. I'm those teachers here. Yeah. You need it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Any other questions? I, I, what I'm going to do is I'll point you towards uh, uh, an assessment tool
1: okay, yeah.
0: for motivational gifts. That okay, would be
1: great.
0: I don't know any concise, detailed, but concise
1: sure.
0: presentation. Sure and I've not really heard anybody found one church up north somewhere that when they—most people, they talk about equipping gifts, but it's just—I just, just don't—somebody doesn't that play.
2: Now, I grew up, Johnny, hearing about the equipping gifts, but it was not a traditional church. It was just one of those very weird charismatic churches that you either went to or people talked about it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, that would be
0: great though. Any other questions or comments?
2: I think also with like the motivation objects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people will also refer to what you see that you're doing. Like John was using for example is why people is like, I see her doing this, but I'm that right but I wow. wasn't right about whatever motivational gifts was. But like you'll hear that with other people, but we're like, oh, you do this
0: mm-hmm. a lot, and I'll help you also like narrow it down. Yeah, it makes sense. If, if, if hopefully we're going to get to a point where I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little story with you and see what your answers are, and mm-hmm. you you will write down your answers so that you can't be influenced by anything anybody, anybody else said, and um, I'll ask questions about what your your thought, what you how you would respond in a certain scenario. And uh, and and then I'm, I will press you. And I'm going to, it's going to, those of you that have mercy giftings are probably going to be a little bit offended at me. Because I will keep dogging you until I get to the why. I'll say, why, 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 so, why, why, so, why? And no. you got to answer quickly. <laughs> Give me your quick answer. <laughs> and, You're and by now. the, yeah, and by the time... <laughs> By the time we get to it, (coughs) I'll go, aha. I think we got to the the bottom line motivation there. Mm -hmm. But I've done that, I've been wrong. One of our elders, Tim Bowden, our elders come from a very variety, a varied group of theological backgrounds. And uh, Tim Tim Bowden, he did not like this teaching.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. He he did not like it at all. (laughs) Because I had him pegged as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Teacher motivated because he's brilliant. I mean, yeah. and, and you know, when I, I translate any passage that I'm, I'm preaching for probably, because part of my reasons I want to know more about it le- legitimately than anybody else in the room. Yeah. So I translate it afresh. And so from Hebrew to English, from Greek to English. Tim is sitting there looking at his Greek New Testament while I'm preaching, and I've got to know it better than he does. And so he's that guy. And I, and yeah. so I had him back as a teacher
1: because
0: mm-hmm. he knew so much. And he was not very pleased with this teaching. Mm-hmm. And one day I went, You're not a teacher motivated person. You're 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 a mercy motivated
2: person. Mm-hmm.
0: And he goes Yeah. And then boom. He's all over this teaching now because he found himself Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it all makes sense. Now he understands why. He teaches, he teaches out of mercy. Mm -hmm. Most of the things he's very strong about, he's teaching it because he's seen people hurt with other things. Mm -hmm. So he wants you to get the truth that keeps people from being hurt.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And that, isn't that, but that's been a journey.
2: Yeah, he's the first person that I've ever seen preach and, like, cry. You were the second. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Question. Yep. (coughs) I don't know how to phrase this. Mm. How do you think the dimension of personality... And personality
0: tests. I think anything that you can get to help you understand who you are is great. I am not a a big enneagram person, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, and because people try to put me in a box, even though their boxes are flexible, I mean, I know enough about it to know some of it, but, and then one day, Mary Cameron said, (laughs) You're this. And I went, Well, what is this?
2: And And then she read you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and she read me to the core, and I went, "Oh my word! Okay, so I guess I do like enneagram, uh, Mars Briggs. That, that's um, I, 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 I
3: feel like enneagram um, when when it came out, it was limiting you from being more.
2: Yeah.
3: Right, and so that person out, like particularly that one. It didn't. It was like, okay, we pegged you. This is who you are, yeah. and and it's like, if we if we look at this, Jesus perfectly <coughs> would, would have been the perfect full
0: enneagram. So this like, this is the reason I like this because yeah. it's scripturally based, right? And it basically does the same thing. Yep, yeah. it's just different categories. But if if enneagrams help you to understand yourself and understand others, then. Go for it. March breaks the same. I
2: was I was talking about like psychological tests, not when you grab the the cult. So I don't want to waste all of those on this other the same umbrella for the record. Well,
0: that was a very prophetic way of saying that. You kind of so.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had a conversation with her yesterday. I didn't mention it, but I was like.
0: <laughs> <coughs> so. So to the mercy person, what you just did might, be, might have been offensive. They might have gone, that was strong. You're not thinking about anybody else that likes any of in the air. And so their minds would go, mercy, and they would say, oh, there's a clash. Hmm. But if somebody understands that that's the way you see it, hmm. they can go, hey, I can value this now.
2: That's what I was thinking was.
0: Does that make sense? And you are a unique individual in this. Everybody's unique in the room, but culturally you're unique because you're a blend of two cultures and affected by those cultures. Cultures actually have motivations. They have more primary motivations. There's some cultures that are much more motivated. You could ask them why they do things out of some of these gifts the whole businesses, whole entities. It's really interesting. But because of your two cultures coming together, and then being in another culture, you're You're floating a bit now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, so psychological evaluations, like Mars Briggs put vont- one. And there are others that's mm-hmm. probably the most accepted standard.
1: They test. Try
0: it? Yep. So, um, I think they're valuable.
1: Mm.
0: Y'all, I want to step into this. Can we just go ahead and move on? Yes. yes. Let's see what's next here. This is a surprise for me. I think that I got the right PowerPoint. But... All right. So, again, we're, the focus is on Jesus, <laughs> right?
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Don't get so caught up in the detail. So, these are who you are. And these are the manifestation gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we found two passages, as Matthew correctly said, there are three passages (coughs) that have a list of gifts. I'm of the opinion. This is my opinion. This is what I believe. I believe that the seven gifts in Romans twelve are exhausted. There are no more and no less. I believe the equipping gifts that we just looked at in Ephesians four, that there are five and there are no more and no less. So mm-hmm. that's that's my that's my belief. Mm-hmm. When we come to First to Corinthians, what was going on at Corinth? What was, what was Paul addressing? We know from the first chapter. Does anybody remember what he was addressing in Corinth? Well, he does address that, but that's a little bit later on. There's something that was at the core in chapter 1. What? No, first Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Division, division, division in the body of Christ. So he's addressing the brokenness there. What was happening in the corner? <clears throat> what was happening in the church?
1: Divided.
0: They were divided. He says, "Some say you're of, of Peter. Some of of." of
3: Yes, yeah, like Peter, Paul, Paul Silas, and, and Jesus.
0: And, and some are but Paul, and he even puts in the group that said, we are Jesus.
3: And the other, later in the book, they're divided by um, social, economic. That's right. Their people were coming, um,
0: wealth, you know, and they weren't sharing it. that's, yep. that's right. So there's divisions all over so, he is writing this book, and, and what's the climax of First Corinthians? What chapter?
1: 13. Yeah.
0: 13. All about what? Love. Love. So, he is showing us in chapter 13 a more excellent way. So, what do we find in chapter 12 before we get to chapter 13? We're looking for context here.
1: Spiritual.
0: If you take Scripture out of context, if me. you take the text out of context,
1: mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Do you know? Do you know what you're left with? A con. No, um, <laughs> It's a con. A con. It's like um, someone
1: who's
0: a
2: deceiver.
0: It's 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 a something not good, something that's manipulating, and not not. So you take scripture, take text out of context, the word context. Text out of that, and left with Oh, I see you're playing on words. That's one of those hand grenades. Hand, throw it out there, and some people go, Oh, I got that. And a few minutes later, boom. And go, Oh, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's addressing something that he's about to address in, in chapter 13. He's preparing it for it. So, I'm not of the opinion. It could be, or could not be. I don't believe that the two lists of gifts that we find in chapter twelve are necessarily exhaustive. Okay. There may be more. Okay, but just for your information, um, the the term the body is used sixteen times, I believe. Surely, I've written in my Bible. Sixteen times, and I don't have it written in here. Sixteen times (coughs) in one chapter. Wow. The body. Do you think there's an emphasis? No, definitely not. Sixteen times. That's more than most books in the New Testament have total. Wow. So he's talking about gifts, and he's trying to wake them up to the body so that they can ultimately get to love. I mm-hmm. <coughs> so know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Right? Yeah. So you've got two lists of gifts here. One is the manifestation gift, which are found in uh, verse 8 through verse 10. <coughs> you might need to see where, the, where hopefully, the, there's more that comes on this page. Yeah. These gifts, the manifestation gifts, I want you to see them as um, their tools to be able to reach into the world. See what kind of graphic I did there? Oh, that changed the color too. Look at that. The emphasis is that these are tools for loving people to Jesus. So each of these are in a toolbox. You find yourself in that, the, the list in Romans 12, and you find the tracks you're on for the discipleship in Ephesians 4. But this is a list of tools that anybody can have given the situation that you find yourself in. So you can reach in the toolbox and choose to pull one of those tools out and use it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're available to everybody. um, so these are manifestations gifts the Greek word is um, so here's the list the word of wisdom a word of knowledge faith gifts of healing workings of miracles prophecy discerning distinguishing of spirits various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues all of those are available in the toolbox okay and can be used at any time in whatever situation you're in. Some people have an aversion to some of these tools and they go, I don't want to use that tool. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, yeah, don't use it. It's not my place to try to correct that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some people have been so burned by charismatics that they say, I don't want anything to do with tongues. Yep, that's true. And so I go, that's all right, be blessed. And, uh, but I put them with charismatics that believe in healing and they don't, and the first time somebody in their family is really sick or injured, you know who they first go to? To the charismatic. And the charismatic may have an aversion to reform theology or something like that, and then all of a sudden they get in a situation and they go, I wish I knew more about that. Now, because they know each other and can appreciate the differences, then they can strengthen their theology and re- strengthen their practice from each other. So if it's a tool, it's something you can choose to pick up and use or not. Okay? So these these are tools. What were you going to ask for today? I was going to ask, I think
2: you were kind of on it. I don't, I'm not sure what Was asked over here who asked that question that you're answering. But I went to like a really strong, like Southern Baptist church camp. And I was like the only kid there that was raised in like an evangelical Pentecostal church. And so I came in being like, oh, tongues, oh, gifts of the Spirit, you know, like that kid in a church where it was like, absolutely not. And they never had any scripture references for why they believed it wasn't for like. That the gifts ended with the um, disciples, but why do people believe that? Like, why is that a thing? That's a
0: very oh. good question. Listen to you. That's a great question. We can answer it even from the next chapter. Okay. What are you gonna say?
2: Well, I was gonna say, I was in the opposite church. Oh. I was in the church that never talked about it, um, and I can't speak to it for every church, but the reason why I. My church didn't do it was because there was church hurt behind it. So That's they didn't right. want to talk about
0: it. Mm-hmm. It's the trial. Yeah. Seventies was filled with it. Mm-hmm. This city was divided over it. Churches split over it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: New churches began out of division, not out of multiplication. Yep. But out of provision.
2: So obviously not every church, like for reason, but at least one of the reasons could be.
0: There was treasure behind the reason not one did. Hurt is a big part of it. Yeah. But there is a theological premise, but the problem is, if we go there, we can get into arguments about it, and I don't want to do that, but Mm -hmm. I will give you my take just for your question about that. Go to chapter 13. Yes. So... Look in verse 8. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. Mm -hmm. As for languages, they will cease. (laughs) Thumbs. Drop down to verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. Mm -hmm. Now, some would say this is a part and they will use the ex, experience becomes the authority. So they'll see experiences in the New Testament and then they see what they would call a cessation and there's a whole thing called dispensational theology that, that uh, has uh, some in dispensational theology would say that, that um, tongues were active in the early church. And and might might have a place, but when when the apostles died, the original apostles died, that was the end of a a church age. And so <clears throat> that's that's a part of the theology. Here's the here's the problem with that, because that that would be something that's talked about. But you get to verse eight, and when it says prophecies they will come to an end, languages they will see. But it also says, it says, as for knowledge, it will come to an end. <coughs> so my question is, when does this happen? If you're saying it happened when the apostles uh, died, does that mean knowledge dropped in too? So that's, that's if you want to get into a nasty argument with somebody about it. But I grew up in the Southern Baptist church. I was not taught what I'm teaching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. All new Because I'm Southern Baptist. Yeah. Do you? You
1: think?
0: know, I, you know uh, do you like the way that I value the Scripture? Yeah. You yeah. see that?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I, I only tell you that comes from my Southern Baptist roots.
1: Mm-hmm. It comes from
0: what I got as a child, growing up, and going to seminary at Fort, Fort Worth at Southwestern Baptist the Theological Seminary. <clears throat> they my yes, love the Word of God. Right. enhance my love for missions. I'm forever grateful, for
2: Do you think it's a sin to preach that they stopped, that like they stopped, or do you think it's?
0: Like... I go back to Philippians chapter three and say, if you were mature, you'd believe this way. But if you're not, if you don't believe this way, it's okay. God will believe it to you. Yep. Now that's the way they, they argue. Somebody can't argue with you if you're hugging them. <clears throat> they can't fight you if you're hugging them. And if they draw a circle to exclude you, you just draw your circle bigger to include them.
1: Yep.
2: Is immaturity sin?
0: It's an indicator that you're not mature. And that's the other list. It's See, people will look at these gifts and say, if you're really mature, you will have these gifts operating. Gifts are not a sign of maturity because they're given to you. Right? But what is a sign of maturity is the fruit of the Spirit. That's the way that you operate in those gifts. So maturity is not the newest Christian can pull the pool out of the tool box. Mm-hmm. Does that make it mature?
1: Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the fruit of the spirit. This comes back to my southern matter heritage that I love. Uh, the this is not the fruit of the spirit. i living it out. And that's that's where maturity comes. Mm. So mm. it's not I'm, I'm not sure I'd put it in the sin category, I'd say right. it's not whole, but it's okay. I'm not going to change the preacher that's preaching that, but I sure can love him and have a cup of coffee with him and dig out the treasures that are in his life and can be enhanced by those treasures. Too often we're the garbage collectors and God is wanting to make us pearl divers. Anybody can be a garbage collector. Um, But if you're a pearl diver, you're going to be looking for the kingdom in every person. Even when you see something opposite to the kingdom, you can actually call people up to mm-hmm. the ideal of the kingdom. Now you're not calling out their sin; you're calling them up to what what God's calling them to. Mm-hmm. So don't let this be an argument. <laughs> well, what you got? Translated in
2: my language, um, "gift of the spirit" is called "grace gifts." Yeah. Heard
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and I just
2: I'm like wow, like my mind is so blown. Away. Yeah,
0: it's great. <laughs> it's, it's so the, that's not a, that's not a maturity thing. That's a grace gift given. Yeah, I'm loving this. I'm getting revived, <laughs> being with y'all. So we could talk about these. I'll give you a quick rundown just about the A word of wisdom is when you get a gift of a word of wisdom. You didn't go try to get the wisdom. It's just given to you. You're in a situation. You're speaking into a situation. And all of a sudden, you say something, bam, and it's a word of wisdom. Oh, I've got so many examples of this. And I have it in, in missions, too. The word of knowledge is when... Jesus operated in both of these. He's the epitome of all of this. And in the word of knowledge, he—he, he, uh, uh, we can all of a sudden it's given to us a knowledge of something that you should not have had. You just, it just came to you. Um, somebody comes up to argue with you. You love them, and they're—they're uh, they're wanting to start an argument, and you say hey, is there a broken relationship with your sister?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they go, oh, don't, don't bring my sister into this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Look, God's wanting to restore something there. Now you've hit the real heart. Mm-hmm. It says in Jesus, where it is, I think it's in, it's in it's either in John or Luke in first three or four chapters. He says, many believed in him, but Jesus did not entrust himself to them because he knew their hearts.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So even those that believed in him, he didn't trust them to them because he knew their hearts. Mm-hmm. So when the word of knowledge comes in, you can actually have an entry into a person's heart. That's a tool. That's a game changer. They come to you on one plane, but they're really hurting right here. And you go to their heart, and address it, boom, that God can give you a word of knowledge, you have to faith. <coughs> I talked to, I was meeting him with another international leader last night, he was just in town for a couple of days, he went to the States together. And, um, and Clint was, we were talking about him going to a hospital in Jackson to another leader's there was two, two guys that were with us last night, and Clint said, when I went to the hospital on the way, we were arguing on how we were going to approach this healing situation with this grandchild in the hospital, that it was a life and death thing. And he said, we were struggling all the way. We got there, and I got a gift of faith, pay- pay. Mm-hmm. and I spoke out something, and it changed everything. Mm-hmm. Praise gift the Lord. Yeah, it's a gift of faith. He wasn't even looking for it, he just hidden. Uh, gifts of healings, <coughs> workings of miracles, prophecy. Now, in prophecy, we've got two aspects of this. One is foretelling, and one is foretelling.
3: All right, flesh that out.
0: Foretelling is taking truth and speaking the truth into a situation. Foretelling is, is making a statement about what's about to happen. Um, and some people are able to have, in the moment, they pull out of the toolbox, hey, I believe the Lord is saying this. This is going to happen.
3: And how, how do... People, uh, people who are prophetic, how do they discern the difference? The
0: difference between what the foretelling and foretelling? Yeah, most people don't.
3: Right, they're confused by it.
0: And is that? Uh, that's part of the problem. People
3: misunderstand it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to log <laughs> things in your general direction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good discussion, but probably for another time. All right. Um, uh, seven discerning and distinguishing of spirits Uh, people used to tell me we believe there's a demon behind every bush no I don't (laughs) yes you do no I don't I believe there's a hundred demons behind every bush (laughs) and uh, so you know there is a distinguishing of spirits and the word uh, demon possession is not the appropriate term possession is a cop out uh, you're not possessed by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You're infilled by Him, yeah,
1: yeah. and
0: you, you, He only has authority that You've given Him. The only thing that Satan, Satan's authority, has been taken on the cross yeah. and destroyed. Yeah. The only tactic He has is to speak lies that in, that induce fear. Yeah.
2: Um, when I was in secondary ed school. Um, we took a class to learn how to identify people who may have disabilities or, um, like some form of autism. And we learned that we could never say like that autistic child or that handicapped person. Um, and we use a language that was called people first. So we would say instead of like, like I said, that handicapped person, that person who is handicapped. And or that child who has autism instead of like labeling yeah. them. And yeah. I took it from seeing it with my spiritual eyes. Yeah. Because then you'll be putting them in a box. That's right. And giving them something that doesn't necessarily belong Not to them. Not
0: them. Any so. identity that doesn't come from yeah. the kingdom. It's messed up. Yeah. yeah. So So if you put kingdom before it, you straighten it all out. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. You're right you're right on target. And and so Let's go back to the word possession. Yeah. I was doing jail ministry here. By the way, y'all know Johnny Cash?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yes. he wrote
0: a song about Starkville the Starkville City Jail. Yeah. Yeah, go look it up. It's pretty wild. He, got, he says, I've been in Fulton, I've been in all these mm-hmm. other places, but I've never been to the Starkville City Jail. And I go to the Starkville City Jail. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing prison ministry here in Starkville, at the, at the, and, and, and the guy's sitting in Johnny Cash's cell. And and I'm asking him about Jesus, and, where, and he points to something written on the wall and says, "The devil made me do it." And I went, wow. like, "Dang, what a cop The devil didn't make you do anything.
1: Wow.
0: He doesn't possess you. Mm. What's the epitome of possession in the New Testament? Mm-hmm. Yes. What was that? The, the legion of pigs the Gathering Demoniac? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he was he, they would tie him with chains. He lived in a graveyard where dead people are. And he would break chains and ropes. Mm-hmm. It's Mark chapter 4, I think. And uh it says that Jesus was coming over in a boat and when the boat landed Gaddy was oh, on Gaddy. Gaddy um saw Jesus and he ran down to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that he says what, what have you to do with us? You know, why have you come here? Inside there was a fight that was going on, but Gaddy won that fight, and this is even before the cross.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He saw Jesus and ran to him. The demons didn't control him. Even when Jesus said, what is your name? He said, my name. Gaddy's beginning to speak, and then all of a sudden the demons begin to speak. It "Is legion, for we are many. mm mm-hmm. And Jesus ends up casting out the pigs. They go, uh, don't don't send us to the dry places and Jesus <coughs> sends them to the pigs and the pigs commit suicide.
1: It be.
0: Destruction, right? So uh, the spirit is always looking for a host, but to say demon possession is a is a bit of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. So the more proper word would be oppression. And it doesn't matter whether they in you, on you, or around you. You don't want mm-hmm. and you have authority to tell them to go. Yes.
2: Um, my fiance's brother has like demonic oppression, like definitely, <clears throat> he's been, like manifesting a lot at their house and stuff. And uh, I was just wondering, like, is there a way to like
1: tell it to believe, even if he's like.
0: I always wait until they come running to Jesus. Okay. Now, I didn't, or in the early days, the first time I saw a demon manifest, I went for it. And I got so fired up, I was like 22 years old. And I was, had started the street ministry in Fort Worth. And, uh, and I just went, I'd been fasting for two weeks, and I knew that it was coming, and it happened. Mm-hmm. And people were around and saw it, and everybody's in shock. There was only one guy that walked, and he the guy standing by him. This is a street mission. And I kept saying, what's your name? first time I said, what's your name? He says, Joseph Woodard. And I said, no, I'm not talking to you, Joe. I'm talking about the spirit inside of you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, revenge! and I not Thousands down. hell! He jumps up and almost hits it down on the ceiling. This old guy. And I wow. said, in the name of Jesus, you come out. And uh, I heard everybody, all the, and there's probably about 20 seminary students there watching this, watching me do this. and None of us knew what we were doing. I wasn't taught this in seminary. Yeah. I
1: wasn't
0: taught this in church. The only way I could get it was go to the Word. And I read the Gospels, saw what Jesus did, read the, the letters, saw what the, the apostles uh, wrote. And i went. I don't know what, but what's your name in the name of Jesus? And he said that. And I said, come out. And he calls.
1: <laughs> and, uh,
0: and everybody's like freaking out. But when I said, in the name of Jesus, behind me, I heard this voice. Yes, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yes, in the name of Jesus. I'm scared to look back there. I just want to keep on focusing. And y'all, there's a bunch of demons came out of the sky. And at one point, when I wasn't focusing, he took off running. He ran down the hall and ran out.
1: The next time
0: I saw him, he was seven times worse than he was.
1: Oh, no. And I learned
0: something from that, that if you try to kick them out before they're repentant, then so so you wait for them to come and do like Jesus said. What what do you need? I need a dollar. Well, here's a dollar. I need to be set free. Now you got something. Are Are you ready to let go of what's holding on to you? See, we think we're holding something, but it's not what we're holding. It's what's holding us. And when you're willing to let go of that that you're holding that has a hold of you, then that can be kicked out, swept out, and filled with the Holy Spirit. So you continue to love people and draw them to Jesus. The short end of that story is I turned around after he was gone, and I turned and I looked at this. He was a black gentleman, about 10 or 15 years older than me, from Mississippi. Never graduated from high school, got saved in prison. Wow. And he was living at the street mission. I turned around and I said, And you, sir, what's your name? And he goes, My name. And he had mannerisms that I can I'm just liking because he discipled me. Tom Hardy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He took me under his wing in that street mission.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he taught me what I wasn't getting in the field. Taught me how to do spiritual warfare. I pray and I would read the word. I said, "You sir, what is your name?" Tom Hardy. I said, "We're gonna be good friends."
1: Yeah. And
0: and that guy, he was one of my first spiritual father. Yeah. He's with Jesus now.
2: And what year was this? That
0: was in '81.
2: Wow, mm. very close to desegregation times.
0: Very, <laughs> very close. Yeah. I'm a white boy from Mississippi that graduated from Starfield Academy, and I know the roots of all of the private schools in this state.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was discipled. I had professors because I was leading the street ministry that wanted to disciple me and would offered to get with them, and even God to be pastor. And I kept saying, I'm a Timothy in search of a Paul. Where is my he father? And God gave me to <laughs> Boy, I've gotten off track there. I guess it's on track. You needed need to hear that. So, discerning of spirits and recognizing that uh, Christian, and Christian have a duty? Yeah. Yeah, they can. If you, if you eliminate the word possession, you can see it. If you see it as oppression, you can understand it. So that that I began to experience in the streets, I started seeing in churches. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe I'm telling them all these stories. I'll tell you another story. I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell it. I'm, I'm in a church, Baptist church, in in uh, Ohio, a little town in Green, uh, Uniontown, Ohio. Anybody you know where that is?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's up north, and. Uh, and the pastor there asked me to preach. He said, "Would you fill in for me this Sunday?" He was in his fifties, uh, ex-military guy. And I said, "Sure, I'm there visiting my sister." I said, "Sure, I'll preach." And I got up to preach on the Sunday morning. And y'all, I went. I said, "Turn in your Wolves. I mean, the place is packed. Everybody's in suits, in finest dress. The place is packed. I went turning your Bible through, and I just went, I can't even talk. I said, I "Went, y'all." I said, "Is it dark in here? I mean, spiritually dark in here." This is after I've been working in the streets, so I'm a street preacher in a First Baptist Church.
1: Wow.
0: And and I said, is it the pastor sitting on the front row?" I said, "Is it? Does it feel oppressive in here?" And folks kind of look at each other and they go. <laughs> I the pastor, and I said, Is you like this every Sunday? And he goes,
1: oh, wow.
0: and I said, y'all, I don't know what to do. I can't even tell you where to look. The only thing I need to do right now is just be quiet before the Lord. So I'm just going to stand here. And everybody sat there and looked at me, and I looked at them. It seemed like hours. It was probably five minutes, but it was way in. And all of a sudden, this lady stands up, and she confesses a sin to the whole church in wow. First Baptist Church about wow. that. And and uh, she confesses a sin. And I just listen, and she does it, and she sits down. Then another lady over here. Then a lady right there. And then a lady back here. Mm-hmm. And then a man stood up, and then another man stood up. And before I knew it, the whole church emptied to the front, and they were wow. on their knees weeping. Hugging each other, asking forgiveness, blessing one another. There was one family that did not come. They were sitting at the back and found out later they were visiting for the first time.
2: Oh. Freaked out. They were like, they were probably like,
0: Yeah, what the heck's going on? So I'm just I'm sitting there, I'm going, Wow. I'm just watching. I'm not doing anything. I'm not praying for anybody. They're going to each other. And this one person comes up to me and said, Thank you for doing this today. I went, Dude, what? what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> he said, "This was perfect." I said, "Yeah, it is." And he goes, "Yeah, but what, the way you handled this was amazing." I said,
1: "Handled what?" what?
0: And he said, "You mean you didn't know?" Mm-hmm. I said, "No, what?" And he said, um, "He said today at the end of the service, we we're going to vote on whether to fire our pastor or not." Oh, wow. And he said, look over there. And there was about 10 or 12 men standing around the pastor with their hands on him and praying for
1: mm. mm.
0: wow. him. Praise the Lord. is that not incredible? That is incredible. And, and he said, what you did was perfect. And I said, I didn't say anything. I said, I could have said the cat ran up the tree and this would have happened. <laughs> you know, this, this is God moving. Recognize it. And... Um, and then the next thing I knew, they brought the pastor's wife up to me. And here I'm, I'm I am think I'm 27 because I was married. Eddie was there. And I, I looked at him, they said, This is the pastor's wife. I said, All oh, right, so good. I said, How are you doing? She went, I'm doing pretty good. I, sometimes my voice goes out. And I went, Wow, you've been to the doctor? Yeah. See, and she kept, voice would come in and out. And I said, well, what's, what's, uh, what's happening, you know, what the doctor said, and said, you can't find anything wrong with me. And, uh, and I got to asking her questions, and y'all, she had a spirit of bitterness mm-hmm. because of the brokenness in that church, and she got set free from it that day. Mm-hmm. That was my awakening, that this was not only in the streets and not only in the jungles of Africa. Yeah. Ask an African person. If they believe in demons, mm-hmm. they will laugh you out of the place. They they know. They have seen it. Yeah. They just have hidden well in our educated society.
2: Yeah, I had some interesting conversations with Barbara and Godfrey. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Some very interesting, just unintended rabbit holes that I was just like.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. Samara, that's a part of your, your heritage.
2: I wouldn't
0: know. <laughs> I know you wouldn't, but it is. Yeah. It's part of what I love in the African-American church, the ones that are predominantly African-American. The gift of, of seeing things that others don't see.
2: Yeah.
0: The gift of faith and has come from slaves in the field singing about the, the Hebrew children
2: Oh, you know about night watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: We don't understand that. They're singing about things they were being taught by folks about the Hebrew children. And they experienced it because yeah. they knew. It. And so, What Johnny is
2: talking about is the enslaved people would go into the woods at night and they would hang wet blankets and they would actually have church because at the time they weren't allowed to practice religion of any kind mm-hmm. and yeah. they would sing praises and pray and um, I- they wet the blankets to keep the noise in the circle and um,
0: yeah when we get to heaven we're going to have everybody together
2: I got so many questions
0: we have that here
2: Mm. But
0: there is there's a place for some cultural differences, uh, and um, and so I enjoy going to African American churches. Yes. Predominantly, I do. I get stirred every time, and I did it in Fort Worth. To every African American church in the southeast section of Fort Worth, I visited every single one of them. Come party!
2: Yeah, I'm getting good shouted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, uh, then we got various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. I'll address that in a second. Number nine is manifestation. No, no that's what we just looked at. Ministry gifts. This is found in, a, in the same chapter 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. Some of these are identical What you see in the, in the manifestation. We'll see some overlap, but these also are tools that have become actual ministries of people. They've used it so much that it's it's become a part of who they are. Yeah. They're so strong in it, it just flows from them. Is that a good thing? Like, they're
2: going to be strong. Yeah,
0: that's right. But don't get your identity from that. We, we have one guy that's joined us in the past year. That guy has seen thousands of people delivered from demonic stuff. And uh, anytime he says he's an exorcist, I I kind of smile a little bit and challenge him because if if you get your identity from something, that that can can be a struggle. People begin to expect that from you, and that's all they get from you, and that's all they come to you for. So it's okay for it to be a a predominant part of your ministry, but you don't get your identity from that probably have not said it that strongly to him, so please don't… don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't even know,
2: know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, we okay. love him. Yeah, he's a ninja. <laughs> we know. He's, people don't know him, yeah. but I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody that is so thorough in bringing a sifter through a person's life, remove all of the, the holes in, in the sky. Never. never. And Dr. so brought him to be a part of us. He's a strategic part of our strike force, isn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: What? He's a strategic part of our strike force. Yes, right? he is. It's amazing. Yeah. Paul says, do all. But he doesn't mention two, but adds one in the in the interpretation of tongues. Oh, what were you going to say?
3: Oh, I'm just getting frustrated. So we'll You're getting be... frustrated? Yeah. Well, it's it's like, are you saying I'm supposed to be doing all eight of those no. things? Oh, okay.
0: I'm saying, uh, that that's what I'm, I want you to hear the big emphasis of exhausted. Okay. The emphasis on this is they're all doing different things, and they're, they're ones rising above the other and saying, I'm more material than you because right. I can do this. Yeah, They're miracles are better than teachers. Yeah. yeah. And, and okay. he goes, look, he slams it all and says, I'll show you a better way. Right. You're a tinkling brass and a, a, t- a sounding brass and a tinkling symbol cymb- if you don't have love. Right. Right? So all of these are tools to use and can become an emphasis in ministry. But the whole point of chapter sixteen is the body. The one body. Sixteen times more than any other book in the New Testament as a whole. The body is mentioned in that one chapter. You think that we have the emphasis on the wrong syllable? What time do we finish? Uh just one. Yeah. Okay, so I've got i a bit more time here let's see what's in the so these are the tracks of discipleship coming to who you are oh, doesn't have the last one that I want there's what one that I have it? with toolboxes
2: what's organization what? Organization. administration
0: administration,
3: organization
0: that's leadership administration so, oh, I mean, I've got to get to your personal thing. Yeah. 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 All right, so that's what we're going to do now. Well,
1: you're
2: you're going to tell us correct.
0: the story? Hello. What?
2: You're going to tell us the story, ask us how we react to it? Yeah. Bet. Interesting.
0: So, I, but I want everybody here.
2: I think Hunter just walked out. I'm just, just, uh, uh, I'm i Just. this out of Brooklyn. Hunter and Brooklyn. Is it okay if I continue to record sure. this? Okay. How much Hunter? I don't know. I think one you got some water down there. I do. NT. Is
3: Is there a question about the gift of administration? What it is? Yes. What it
0: looks yeah. like? So administration is, is, I don't want to get into it now, until after we do the story. Okay. Because it, it may set you to start thinking, I've already given you basically too much. Information. Yeah. I want to just get your raw responses, and then we'll talk about it.
2: So moisture. I do have it
0: in one that it goes individually through it. But yes. basically the apostles it starts with the apostles. Apostles They're the foundation. are the going <laughs> The prophets are the guiding ones. Mm-hmm. And they lay a the foundation which is Jesus. The faith foundation is simply Jesus. And the teachers are the growing ones. And you if, if you saw the the uh, the the PowerPoint it actually has the walls going up. Yeah. So I, I don't have that one here in this one, but, but the walls going up are, are the teachers. That's the growing ones. And the pastors are the guarding ones. And the evangelists are the gathering ones. And once the church is fully functioning, yeah. the apostles then go out again and you see the prophets go out again. Yeah. So the ones that are there at the building are the ones that are. Uh, building the church there. And the apostles come back occasionally to make sure they're staying simply with Jesus.